We got the homie Mowgli today. I'm going to be introducing him in a while. He has a graph breakdown of the thing that you know you're not supposed to talk about the thing on YouTube. I'm gonna we're gonna try not talk about the thing by name, but we're gonna talk about the the graph he just put together. We're also gonna react to this George Floyd development, this George Floyd update, and we'll see what else we're gonna talk about. But before we do that, I gotta drop the intro one time. Bruce Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Got your hand out, you don't even need to help. Oh, I don't need nothing else. Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Got your hand out, you don't even need to help. Oh, that's right. I don't need nothing else. That's right. What's going on? It's Ruslan with KingsDreamyNT.com. This channel exists to encourage, empower, inspire you to live out God's dream for your life. We cover all kinds of different topics on this channel. Music, marketing, culture, faith, so on and so forth. With the hope of empowering you guys to ultimately live God's dream for your life. That looks different, different types of ways. Today, I got a special guest, my man Mowgli from the Indie Tribe, based all the way in Nashville. So, we, you know, we're bringing this thing over Zoom to you. And we're going to be talking about this new graph he just put together on his Twitter. And specifically, the George Floyd update. So, 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 if you're watching this live, I appreciate you being here. Um... Very grateful for all you guys. Shout out to the King's Dream Patreon community, the most talented community in all the land. My name is Ruslan. I'm a hip-hop artist, creative entrepreneur. Do me a solid if you would. Follow me uh, on the grams because that helps a ton. And yeah, man, we're going to be bringing, uh, bringing you guys this information here. This is really interesting, man. He, uh, he put this graph together and I looked at it and I was like, yo, let's just go live and talk about it. And Mowgli was gracious enough to do that. So without no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Indie Tribe's very own Mowgli, the iceberg, is live with me. Um, so how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Better than ever, man. That's what I like to hear. Okay, so you dropped this graph today where you basically, you said yesterday I was looking for, yesterday I was looking for a couple specific graphs of blank data and I was able to find what I was looking for. However, I had the access to the raw data. So I decided to go ahead and visualize some data for myself. And he says, first comparison I wanted to see was confirmed daily cases slash deaths at scale. Okay, so I'm going to pull this first graphic up. So explain to me, this is, what are we looking at? Well, first, this started actually with the dialogue you and I had reacting to a similar graph somebody had shared of the total cases for Texas, Arizona, and Florida uh, mm-hmm. over over daily deaths at scale. And we were like, "Oh, this is this is actually pretty interesting. Like, this mm-hmm. challenges some of the some of the kind of reasonability of some of the hype that's been put on the alarming like rising cases. That's like the thing that everybody's talking about. Right. And you know." Um, we both mentioned like, hey, it would be interesting to see this same comparison on a national scale and a right. global scale. So I went to go look for that data and I just couldn't find it. Um, but then I, I just went to the Worldometer's site that tracks all of these things, kind of a comprehensive database. And I was like, well, I have the data and I've been learning kind of some data science myself in my spare time. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'm a, I'll spend half an hour and just put this visualization together myself. Okay. And so we're looking at, uh, you put together a couple different graphs specifically. Yeah. There's one here. 
about the number of daily deaths ver the number of daily cases versus the number of daily deaths. Right. The so this is the, this the new cases is, and deaths reported every single day. It's not the cumulative total. This is just every day what's being added to the total. So right. Yeah. So so the the peak of the deaths here was right around late April, early May. This little yeah. They can't see that. Let me uh, let me make this smaller. Hold up real quick. Um, this little part right here, which is early May. And then this is what everybody's freaking out about, right? After people started going outside, doing barbecues, so on and so forth, we saw the spikes in new cases go way up. However, it seems here that the deaths have not gone up. Right. I mean, there, there is some fluctuation. And especially, I mean, if you notice, if you look at the, the United States graph uh comprehensive for these states you you see the highest peak in the number of daily deaths when you know new jersey and new york were just having the worst of it and right. as total case cases have increased total deaths have also increased but mm. putting it to scale and putting it in perspective it's just it's it's pretty it's pretty shocking to me how how little relationship that the total deaths actually seem to do with the total cases. And that's assuming, that's just taking the death at face value and assuming that none of these are mislabeled, that none of these are, you know, compounding issues with other types of comorbidities. I mean, they all have comorbidities, but, you know, assuming that the thing that shall not be named is actually the driving component in, in that metric. Yeah. So am I reading this correctly? Because it looks like from this graphic, which everybody was like, hey, you got to wait until after um, after two weeks after. Right. To see if there's a spike in deaths because there's a spike in cases. So here we are weeks and weeks after summer starting weeks and weeks after the protest. And am I reading this correctly that that the cases look like they went way up what is this number on the on the far left this is eight thousand is this daily new cases eight thousand eighty thousand eighty thousand daily new cases but it looks like the 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 mortality rate has stayed relatively the same or better since this late april yeah early may peak right now we're about 1300 cumulative deaths a day um i think the peak I, rem- I I think it was around like 2000. Um, and we, we got it as low as like 600 deaths a day. So it has been creeping back up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like in proportion to the cases, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty staggering. Like, um, and I remember initially, you know, on Twitter, I was talking to some people about the relationships between cases and deaths and mm-hmm. seeing that it just, it just didn't seem to square. And a lot of people rebutted it and were saying, well, you know, the cases go, you know, two to three weeks ahead of the deaths, that, you know, because people mm-hmm. take time to get sick and mm-hmm. die. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, like, I realized that that's, that's a possibility and I kind of factored that in. I was like, well, mm-hmm. let's see. But um, the relationship just is not, it's, it's certainly not one-to-one. Um, yeah. There is some relationship, but I think, so this is where the next graphs that I prepared that this is really kind of putting some things into perspective because I think a lot of people are looking at the rising death numbers and the rising case numbers. And a lot of people are saying, well, we need to do another lockdown mm. as if the first phase of lockdowns were particularly effective, right? Mm. So, you know, we, 
so I'm, and I'm not, I'm not doing any of this to underscore, you know, 1300 people dying a day. That's a lot of people. That's, it's not as much as heart disease is not as much as cancer, but it's certainly a lot more than Still the a flu. Lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more than, I mean, it's, it, it turns it into one of the top 10 overall causes of death in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's very significant. But when we're talking about how to address that, you know, lockdowns in particular, they have, they have other ramifications, right? Um, they don't exist in a bubble. And, um, you know, one thing that has people have been speculating upon is like, what, how, how, how much increase in deaths of despair are the lockdowns themselves right. having, having, right. you know, the economic consequences that are absolutely catastrophic. And we're, we, we have not even begun to see the tip top of the iceberg of what you know no pun intended of what's what the effects of the economic side but you know the auxiliary stress the suicides the drug addictions all that type of stuff so this is where it there is a little bit of speculation because statistics on like suicides and stuff they lag about two years you know so the most recent comprehensive annual statistics you can find for two or for 2018 but there, I found a pretty uh, substantial study from a group called, I think, the Wellbeing Group. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what they've tried to do is they've tried to build a model to predict and chart what they anticipate the increase will be because of the thing that shall not be named. Mm. So what they do is they take uh, all these factors like um, – unemployment and Mm -hmm. poverty and uh, all these types of things and try to tie relationships from indicators in the past to past trends in suicide, drug addiction, deaths of despair, and then chart those on, on a metric comparable to what we can track with unemployment and all these types of things now to try to like put a ballpark of where they think this is going to happen in real time. So that's if, if, if you go to the graph that's labeled USA uh, Daily Deaths by Age Group, this is something that um, I wanted to try to put those deaths in perspective with policy prescriptions. This, oh, hold on, USA, yeah, by death group. Okay, yep. By age group. So a couple things to notice on this. So I broke down the total daily deaths in proportion to the age demographics that are experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So if you, look at the, if you look at the top curve, that's the total amount of deaths right? Mm-hmm. Then if you look at the next line down the yellow, yep, that's actually the, the deaths under 80 years old. Mm. Okay. So if you if right off the bat, if you look at people under the age of 80, we're talking almost cutting it in half. Wow. Okay. Right. So then you see another uh, line down there. It's a red line. Mm-hmm. And that's the amount of deaths for people under the age of 60. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then there's a microscopic little blue line uh, down there that you can barely even, it barely even registers. And that's deaths under 40. Wow. So almost non-existent. Right. Almost statistically non-existent. Um, and, you know, the deaths under 60 is still, I mean, that is a far cry. So to put that death under 60 in perspective, I took the projected increase from the well-being study and then I annualized that. So I took, the, um, I believe it was like they were anticipating somewhere in the ballpark of like 65,000 additional deaths of despair. Jeez. This is on top of the normal predicted death of despair, which has been rising year over year over year for like the last like 10, 20 years, right? Deaths of, this, of despair, we're talking suicide? 
we're talking about suicide. We're talking about drug overdoses. Okay. We're talking about um, people that also just like um, get into self-deprecating ruts in their lifestyle, and they just let their weight go to nothing. You know, mm. go no. They they just get overwhelmed, and they yeah. they die of preventable things essentially attached to despair, one way yes. or another. Right. Yeah. So, so I took that projected total. And then I divided that by the amount of days in the year since the thing that shall not be named started. Yeah. Right. And then that gives you a constant of that. It's that straight line going across the graph. Hold so is it that, do I need to pull up a different graph right now? No, no, no. That, that graph that you're looking at right now, see the uh -huh. orange line. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh -huh. And it's just going straight. So that's, that's just taking that yearly projection and then just dividing it by days. Cause I don't know how it's going to fluctuate month by month or anything like sure, that. Sure. Sure. You know, but that, so the interesting thing with the deaths of despair, that's also adjusted for age. So mm -hmm. that, that I adjusted that deaths of despair figure for people under the age of 60. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about the majority of Americans that are under the age of 60, legitimately the con the cure for you know, this, this phenomenon, if we're talking about the implications of lockdowns, if we're talking about the implications of economic collapse, they're already worse than the disease itself. Hmm. If you're the under 60, under 60. Wow. Correct. And that's not to minimize people that are over 60, but we need to also be sober minded when we're looking at that thing, because realistically, if you're looking at somebody that's over the age of 80, for example, there's a high probability that that person's not making it through the year anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's right. like, it, it really gives me cause. I'm like, wow. I mean, like, so let me, so, so yeah, I want to go back to some of these, these graphics in a second, by the way, guys, if you're watching this live, give this video a thumbs up. It's probably going to get demonetized because we're talking about the thing we shouldn't be talking about on YouTube. Um, but I got my man Mowgli here. He put together some really interesting charts. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to kind of ask him specific questions, but thumbs up really helps. Um, before we get into anything else. So let me go back. So this chart, where is it? I think it's this chart. So we'll just look at the U S yeah. Shouldn't this chart. And we're talking, we're still talking about, like you said, a thousand people dying a day. That's awful. Right. But shouldn't this chart bring a ton of us excitement and hope to say, hey, look, when this thing first hit in parts of New York and it was really bad, hospitals were overturned, the death rate was really, 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 really high. And that's really, really, really bad. However, we got more testing out. We got potentially more younger people that are getting this thing, right? Because maybe they're not social distancing. And the number now is up here of new cases, right? Which is a lot. And this number is still doesn't look like it's higher than it was at the peak when it when this is late April, early May. Is that is that is that a it's fair? Substantially less high than the peak. So it's less higher than the daily peak of death. What we're talking and, about it's like sixty percent of the peak. Yeah, sixty. Okay, sixty percent of the so so sixty percent of the peak of death in late April, early May is where we are now, while the blue is the new cases. So to me, this would be good news. This would be like, yo, this thing isn't as deadly as we initially thought. This thing isn't as deadly 
as you know everybody projected it, it, it is it is good news based on the amount and granted you can say well we got more effective at treating it we were more prepared because of social distancing we well and i think um, the other there's side more younger that, people getting it right so you could you could say all those things right but i, but I think still, another side to that is that when when we were looking at the peak of daily death mm-hmm. um i mean like this is it's 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 something that's a hot button issue right now. Um, but you know, I think a lot of people are dancing around it. I think that because if you factor out New Jersey and New York from that data, this is a completely different picture. Like if you factor out New York and New Jersey from the data for, for the United States, um, even the way the United States ranks globally, like it's, it, it totally changes. Um, and you know, I think that even comparing countries is, is, probably more accurate to compare data in the United States to compare in Europe as a whole, mm-hmm. which in that case, we're, we're actually still, still doing better than Europe as a whole. Um, mm. But many when you states, compare like, populations per capita, we're still doing better right. than Europe. When you look at the per capita uh, of, because uh, it really is like more accurate to compare individual states in the United States to individual countries within Europe. Mm-hmm. Right. And it actually, you know, it's like states like, like my state, Tennessee, like a lot of people are like, hey, like this is a red state and they think the virus is made up and that's why it's so terrible. But we're actually doing better than Finland. Mm, we're doing okay. better than Germany. So it's like people just aren't being super consistent with those comparisons. But uh, I think you have to contribute a lot of that high daily death rate just to catastrophic policy failure in a handful of states from a handful of governors and bureaucrats. Mm. I mean, it, they were literally sending covid positive people to nursing homes with the most vulnerable population right, right. and you had over 60 percent of the deaths in those states occurring in nursing homes yeah that's yeah it's, it's crazy that's unbelievable yeah so obviously there, there's there's some there's some some breakdowns that have happened um from a bureaucratic level here's my thing here's my thing and i'm this is the, i'm going to assume intent here and i seldom do i assume intent um yeah however so we're in california they issued another lockdown they you know the beaches are still open which is still cool we're still going to the beach every week Um, most people don't have on a mask at the beach um uh by the way wear, wear your masks especially if you're indoors wear your mask when you go to grocery store when we're at the beach we don't um especially around older people especially around older people and they, uh, the the governor shut down churches. He shut down gyms, you know, hair salons. And I got people that own hair salons, and I got people that own gyms in my life, and I got people that you know have small businesses, brick and mortar businesses. What to me this seems like is that there's an ideological view that they're making it seem like it's about safety and science. Uh, again, my opinion. I'm somebody can maybe present a different position. Yeah, dude, we, you and I are rappers. Yeah, we're rappers. <laughs> we are not scientists, right? So there's probably people way smarter than us. Uh, but what it seems like they're doing is they're saying, "Listen, we are on the side of science and safety. You need to give up some of your rights in exchange for safety and science." Yeah. And I get that. And I get that. But when I look at this chart. I go, wait a minute. Uh, 
this seems like this is worse than the flu, but we're not talking about a 3% mortality rate or a 2% mortality. We're still no, we're looking kidding. at a at an under 1% mortality rate. And I don't know if you did the rate factoring in all this these numbers. What is the mortality rate currently with all of these numbers when you combine them all? Yeah, I, I don't have that figure off the top of my head. I could do it pretty quick. But also, I think... Even even the increased testing that we're doing now, our own government is saying that we're likely three to four times high as many actual cases than are what being tested. So, you know, that clearly we I, I think we can probably agree that uh, we were under biasing the cases at the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. we were probably right. missing. And that's probably why the rate looked so much higher. But even today, we're likely under testing. And especially if you factor in asymptomatic people, which there's still no consensus on to what percentage of total cases are asymptomatic. But if you're in asymptomatic, why would you get a test? Why would you get somebody to shove a swab three feet up your nose, you know? Sure. Can you, can you think you could do the quick math on based on all these cases real quick for me and let us know based on all of these cases in based the U S what is cases, confirmed. Uh, so we're talking guys, we're talking confirmed cases in the U S in comparison to deaths. What is the confirmed, confirmed cases, cases? You're at a fatality rate for all, all, all ages, yeah. uh, it would be 1.6%. And the, the what is the flu, the average flu? I think the, I, I don't have that off the top of my head, but I think it was actually closer to like one fourth of 1% for the flu. So the flu, I just tried to Google it right now. Mortality rate, mortality rate for the flu of flu 2019. Let's see if we can get a quick number. Gosh, why can't they just give me a number of what the death is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would hope that this would be one of the things that just Google just pops it up at the very beginning. But I mean, these things are all pretty, uh, pretty nuanced, you know. So issues. it says, it says, it, so it says the flu globally is closer, it's fewer than 1%. It's fewer yeah. than 1%. Right. And, and, and that's factoring, you know, they're factoring in the the estimated realistic cases, not documented cases. So, like, if you were to take what they estimate to be the actual number of COVID cases, you know, you're actually cutting that down to half a percent. Yeah. Yeah. If, we, if we're saying if we're saying, hey, Ed, let's just double that number and let's just say there's a bunch of asymptomatic people, a bunch of people that never reported, a bunch of people that got some symptoms but stayed home. Right. Um that is, that is, yeah, I mean, and, and, you're talking and not about saying, half a percent. Not saying that's not serious because to have another flu on top of the flu is right. bad. Right. But when you put that in perspective and you put in perspective the toll of the economic consequences of the lockdown, you mm-hmm. put that toll in perspective, all of a sudden it's like, okay, wow, maybe we're not going about this the correct way. Yeah, and Look, I don't know what the correct rate. Again, we guys, we are We're rappers. rappers. <laughs> we are not scientists. It's just interesting that if we're talking about a 1% mortality rate or a half a percent mortality rate, if you scale up according what their projections are, that people haven't been confirmed, that is still relatively low. It's really low. I'll pull the graphic back up uh, where you talk about by age. Right. Let me yeah. And this is I mean, we're talking about with all that is that low. If you're factoring people that are over the age of 80 years old. 
You know what I'm saying? So if you're, if you're, if you're talking about people that are under the age of 60, you know, so you're taking that half a percent and let me just do some quick math. You're dividing. I mean, under 60, you're looking at, you know, not even one tenth of 1% of fatality. And if you're looking at people under 40, it's even lower, you know, you're, you're, you're talking one one hundredth of one percent and that's factoring in people under 40 that have you know um immuno issues autoimmune issues the other comorbidities that might place them at extreme risk but people that are at extreme risk are going to continue to be at extreme risk from all the other things in this world that's what puts them at extreme risk you know um so dave ramsey said this yesterday i was watching a clip and he basically said that the it's like scientists and and it's like scientists don't know math, right? Like it's like nobody's actually doing this. The fact that you had to put this chart together yourself and that Which this is information is it's ridiculous. ridiculous. I'm a rapper. I'm trying to search some basic information, and I had to make this. It's not yeah. hard. Yeah, a rapper can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. And so and so here's my here's my again, I don't I seldom infer intent on stuff, but my the only intent that I can infer on this and and maybe there's a bunch of different ones, right? And I don't mean to be like a conspiracy theorist cuz I'm really not. Yeah. Those of you guys that know me know me I'm not. But it seems like we're going to error and masquerade under the guise of uh, science and saying, well, this thing is more, it's more viral than the flu. It's more problematic. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're fine. Okay, guys, we found out because Mowgli, the the rapper did a, did a chart. We found out that the death rate's not as bad. We didn't think to do this and give this information away to the public. And we found out the death rate's not as bad, but we're still going to err on the side of caution. And it almost seems like they're willfully willing to tank the economy on some, it's the, it's an election year. And, and like, they're willing to do whatever they can to get Trump out. Now, you guys know, I am not a fan of Trump. I think he's very divisive. I don't think he's very helpful. But goodness gracious. Likewise. Like, like really? Like, we're going to push this thing to, but it's to not, this degree? It's not just pushing a narrative because a narrative has consequences. And that's what – that because uh-huh. I don't really – I mean, like, a narrative is a narrative. And people have been finding all types of, I think, you know, illogical reasons to try to dunk Trump for a while. Um, yeah. But – like when you're when you when these policies have consequences to the tune yes. of like what they're projecting these increase of deaths of despair it's like right. dude that is significant yes. it's incredibly significant right and and yeah. that and unlike the, the the virus that's that's manufactured you know that's yeah. artificial so willa brown said still don't get why he is doing this are you i'm assuming she's asking why mowgli is doing it. so so Willa, we couldn't find this information. We were, we, we and him were having a conversation about what is the actual death rate in comparison to the new cases. We couldn't get a clear answer on some of these things. So Mowgli, who's very smart and learning to code, put together these charts that were not easily available, specifically for the new cases versus the current death rate, specifically for the... Uh, death rate by age, right? These graphs are not floating around. They're not easily available. So he put it together and in putting it together, it was like, wow, this is really interesting that we're taking such drastic 
precautions to, put, to, to, to do these lockdowns. California is under lockdown. San Diego is under lockdown. To potential, it, it seems like to potentially crash our own economy at the, like, for what? Like, like and increase these, what did, what did you call them? These uh, deaths of despair. And these deaths of despair going up and we're, we're, we're crashing the economy for what? Like, for the sake of getting Trump out? Like, what is the point? And again, not a fan of Trump. Don't think he's helpful. Uh, don't think... You know, I'm not I'm not voting for him. I've never voted for him. But like, yeah, guys. I mean, and, and the, the crazy thing. So, I mean, like he had an interview that went on HBO last night. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I get what he was trying to say. But like the incompetence of his ability to communicate even the most simple forms of data. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it certainly doesn't help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, this is the leader of free world, <laughs> you know. Oh no! Yeah, man. it's unfortunate. But, hey, it's unfortunate. And, and, and he, on, I actually got to hop off in in like four minutes. Okay, cool. Real quick before you go, um, I'll ask you. We 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 can we can close this part down. What is your thoughts on the George Floyd? Tape yeah, with the new body cam leaked. footage. That came yeah, out the new body cam footage that we don't want to change subjects uh, a whole lot. Yeah. I'll stay on after Mowgli leaves. But just real quick, what are your thoughts on that? I've I've seen people on the right that are just kind of like ha you know proves is not racist like what do you what what are your thoughts on it yeah so i think you know my first reaction from seeing from seeing the the situation unfold on body cam is like i just felt like the whole situation is much more tragic than a lot of people thought tragic in the sense of like george floyd was not acting in his right mind you know um he was he he was clearly impaired he was clearly i don't think he was trying to hurt anybody and i even the cops like i i I don't think they perceived him as you know necessarily dangerous but Mm -hmm. he the condition that he was in and i and i i I, correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they did confirm that he was uh on methamphetamine at the time Mm -hmm. um you know i think it's just really tragic that you you had a man and you could see that like his heart was, was on display. You know, he didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't, mm-hmm. but he was, his, his faculties were just so impaired that he wasn't able to conduct himself rationally. And at the same time, it's like, I think the police were for a long time trying to kind of deescalate the situation and deal with an irrational actor, but that doesn't change. You know, it doesn't change that he didn't need to die that day, you know? So you know, I think I think on one side, you know, people that are very invested to the emotional side of things like this, they're just going to see the emotion and it's going to be that much more terrible for them. Um, you know, because you, you you have this guy that's just pleading. He doesn't want to get shot. He doesn't want to die. He, you know, so that's it's just very hard to see. Um, but then, you know, um, the other side of it is that, you know, I think pretty to me that you know, this, this wasn't a premeditated murder situation. These officers didn't go out at the beginning of the day looking to end somebody's life. And I don't think that they intended on that. Um, you know, especially, I think it was like one of the guys first day on the job, but that doesn't minimize the end result of what actually happened. You know, you can't, you, you can't. And the thing that's most disturbing to me still is the lack of awareness as this guy is as George Floyd was dying. And then yeah. just the total callousness of not 
taking any, you, you know, not taking any time to try to resuscitate him. That's yeah. that's the thing that is the most troubling to me. I get, I would get it if a, if the police are in a shootout situation, bullets are flying, one of the guys they hit is bleeding out. All right, but yeah, but the cop isn't going to get out from undercover to administer first aid on this guy. Sure. But that's not the case. They were in no no threat. There's they they had four guys on him. You know what I'm saying? So like, what 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 were you waiting on? And that to me is I think the most damning thing on the whole side of the police. Because even even the knee, like I get it. Police put knees on the on on the on people's back when they subdue them. That's pretty standard. And I could understand if somebody lost awareness and put their knee on the neck on on accident, you know. But like I think the most inexcusable thing is just that they 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 didn't try to resuscitate him or try to correct their error in any way. Yeah, man. And I think I think it's it's going to be dependent on how people are looking at it. I think to me, this doesn't really change a whole lot. Uh, yeah. It seemed like he was having a panic attack. Uh, if he was on drugs or not, I don't I don't know if to his state of mind. It seems like he freaked out and was having a panic attack. And instead of learning or knowing how to deal with that, they they, they kind of they didn't know how to deal with him and then killed him, you know, and so it doesn't excuse the fact that they, that they killed him. I don't I think it's going to be very difficult to get a murder one on this. Yeah, I they're, think not they're, the, murder one. they're not going um, for murder one. They're not going for murder one. They would never get it. And honestly, even after this, I, I do, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't know the legal, the legal precedent for it all, but I do wonder if any of this changes the likelihood that even murder two, instead of murder three manslaughter, because mur- murder two has to show that like, all right, you didn't, wake up that morning planning on killing somebody but you knew you were killing somebody and in the acts you followed it through mm. um so I, I like i said I, I i'm not a lawyer and i don't i don't know that but i get I we're rappers guys <laughs> definitely do see how it could weaken the case um yeah. which you know, i'm gonna let you go Moby. i know you got to get out of here yeah man hey man love uh love the talks thank you for having me on uh about to hop on another call all right peace yeah, guys, I think it's very unfortunate, man, that we are viewing this in a very polarizing way where really this is um, like a man lost his life. Whether he was high, whether he was having a panic attack, whether he had COVID at the time, like none of that makes a difference that, listen, this man did not deserve to die. Resisting arrest is not punishable by death. It's not. It's not. And if you think this somehow justifies it, that, oh, I gotcha. Ha, good social justice warrior. Look, ha, ha. You know, what kind of per- like what kind of person are you to celebrate that the body cam footage is released and shows him high and freaking out and saying he's claustrophobic and you're celebrating that? That's pretty dark that's pretty dark like that's a you feel vindicated because you know the officer wasn't cussing at him before the like what is like what were you thinking it was going to show what were you hoping it wasn't gonna i don't i don't understand this i think this is this is a breakdown to me of just in incompetence of a, as a human, I don't know what the police protocols are. I'm not a police officer, but the incompetence as a human to put your knee on a man who is handcuffed, subdued on the concrete, 
and to feel like the breath leave and not and and to think it's okay i think it's incompetence i I think i don't i don't think it's murder one i don't think he went out and tried to kill him you know unless they prove they had some kind of conflict or confrontation prior to the fact which i don't know that there might be some precedent at that they worked at the same club before i guess they may have gotten into verbal altercations before i don't know uh but goodness man the fact that the the there are people on 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 both sides but specifically from the right that were like celebrating and like felt vindicated that this came out um i don't understand i don't understand it i thought i thought that was very telling if you were celebrating that this came out and you think somehow the officer was right to remain holding all of his weight down on a man's neck i don't i don't get it i don't get it i I just don't understand that um i don't understand that um yeah i don't so anyway uh i'll take some of you guys' questions thoughts on why it took so long to release the body cam footage a little frustrating given how it how big it became and i agree doesn't change a whole lot I don't know why they didn't release the body cam footage, Ethan. That's a good question. I mean, I think that's a fair question. The, 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 maybe there's, I don't know, bureaucratic reason, policy reasons. I don't know. I know sometimes it seems like they released body cam footage right away. You know, it's been, what, two months they released it, right? So I don't know if that's fast or short in the process of things. I don't really know if it would have changed anything, to be completely honest with you. I don't know if it would have changed anything. I think there still would have been protests. I think people would have still been upset. I think it still would have been. Um, I st- think it still would have been something everybody was upset about. Body cam footage was leaked on Reddit two days ago. Got it. Uh, one can't be resisting arrest when he's laying handcuffed on his stomach on the street for eight minutes and forty six seconds as he's being murdered. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You totally. You totally nailed that. You. Ve- I mean, listen. Like, there's a difference between, like, fighting police and resisting or, or like, like having a panic attack, freaking out, um, you know, and, t- and saying, hey, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that kind of guy. Um, I, think, I think that's very, very different. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that's very, very different. Uh, it doesn't change a lot at all. Clear murder, even if not premeditated, but I don't think many thought it was premeditated to begin with. That's that, yeah, for sure. Um, have you guys heard about this AK-47 dude who pulled out an AK-47 because somebody told him to put on a mask? Uh, that was, that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, I'll pull up the story real quick. Allegedly, uh, well, it's not allegedly. Allegedly opened fire. Adam Zabrowski, 35, allegedly opened fire at a cigar shop clerk because he was asked to wear a mask and he was also allegedly involved in a shootout with law enforcement. According to the report, the man has now been charged with 22 counts, which includes seven counts of attempted homicide, even counts of first-degree murder of a police officer, seven counts of aggravated assault, and one count of prohibited position. Zabrowski entered Cigars International in Bethlehem Township and got into an argument with the store clerk who requested him to wear a mask. The clerk reportedly offered curbside but he became frustrated showed him a paper with apparently statement from the state law which said he did not have to wear a mask however state mandate masks in most places so apparently this guy flips out and gets into a shootout with an ak-47 how what who runs around with ak-47s right this is wild um 
I'm trying to see if he ever got shot here. According to the Daily Mail, the, Daily Mail, the police went to Zaborowski's home the next day to arrest him, but he fled in the truck, according to Express Times. They eventually found him, but Zaborowski allegedly jumped out of the car and began shooting at them with an AK-47 and a handgun. Even though an official statement about his motive has not been announced, they said it was, you know, he was flipping out because of the pandemic. Twitter weighed in on an issue. Funny how they didn't need a... Uh, they need to murder a literal armed and dangerous shooter. But meanwhile, they burst into Rihanna Taylor's house and just shot her down while she was asleep. Sheesh. My man's, uh, my man's was out here having a shootout with, with an AK-47 and did not, did not uh, get shot. Or did not, did, not, did not get killed. I don't know if he got shot. I'm trying to figure out, did he actually get shot or not? Um... I'm trying to figure out if he got shot or not, because I, I can't tell if he got shot. But regardless, this is crazy. This is this is crazy. Um, he shot at a clerk, recovering from gunshot wounds to his legs and buttocks. So he got shot in the legs and the butt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he definitely got shot at. Um but he got, you know, they shot him in the leg. So, I don't know. I, th- I think there's something to say where you have these escalations of force against certain individuals. You know, people in the black community would say it's because of race. And you have a guy with an AK-47 shooting at seven different police officers and not getting killed, not getting murdered or, or killed. I mean, that would have been a justified, really would have been a justified kill. That to me is fascinating. I don't understand. I don't understand. But I'm more concerned about those of you guys that think like it's okay or not okay, but like, ha, ah, this proves that the cops are doing their job in the jury. Like, how do you not see that footage and still think there's something wrong? You know? Um, so, yeah, man. Um, I missed some of COVID's data. I were discussing what was the info you were trying to find. Uh, that Mowgli, basically Mowgli just put together charts that we couldn't find in regards to number of new cases and death rates. And basically he put together a chart. You go to his Twitter that cases went way up, deaths not so much, barely at all. The peaks was actually late, late May, early April, which begs the question, why, why the radical shutdown? Why the radical shutdown of the economy? What are we trying to do here? Because it doesn't seem like, it seems like we got through the worst of the deaths, right? It seems like we got through the worst worst of the deaths. Um, but for whatever reason, we're still shutting down the economy. And he brought up deaths of despair, which is deaths based on, you know, economic downturn, suicide, people letting themselves go, so on and so forth. And how those deaths are actually going to go, you know, those are going to be worse uh, because of because of this whole pandemic. So, yeah, man, um, people are definitely going nuts. So he was laying prone and had his legs up military training. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Seven, seven. But yeah, thank you guys for uh, for hanging out. You can rewatch this video if you want to hear the specifics of Mowgli's little graph that he put together of all the current data. It's really interesting. I recommend you guys go back, check that out. Check it out on his YouTube page. Excuse me, his YouTube page, his Twitter page. I had him kind of explain it. Um, 
and uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, I don't know about the lasting health complications afterwards. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. Um, I don't know about that. The worst of the deaths isn't the same as true exposure. Yes. Um, I think racism in the Floyd situation can be put to rest. Here's the thing. Again, it's all in how you define racism. If you define racism as an individual personally hating another individual based on their race, which, which is, I guess, the more classical definition of racism, then, then you can say... Um, you can say, you, you could argue that, well, now, you know, look, we proved that it's not death. Well, that's when, when, when people are talking about racism, we're talking about incompetent systems or people with power in incompetent institutions. Watch my video about police culture uh, reacting to the Nancy uh, Prasna situation, uh, Joe Rogan, Nancy Prasna. And she talks about police culture, right? When 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 certain people are talking about racism, they're not just talking about oh I hate this person because of the color of their skin. No, it's it, we're talking about this person is more likely to be dealt with in a physical manner. This person is more likely to you to have force used on them. This person is more likely to have deadly force used on them. And so the George Floyd thing is just the overcosm of that. It's the overflow of that. You can't you can't prove somebody's intent, but you can look at the macro numbers and say, hey, this demographic of people is more likely to have all these things happen, right? And people are like, well, there's only nine black people killed by police. Yes, but you're not looking at all the other arrests uh, that were unlawful. You're not looking at all the other interactions where people were pulled out of cars and constitutional rights were violated. And those situations, when you look at the data, tend to be more people who are black people who are Hispanic. That's just what it is. So you, if you want to assume that um, that race has nothing to do with it, I think you're attempting to live in a utopian society that just ignores the disparities that, there, that, that already exist, whether that's implicit bias or whether that's racial profiling. Those disparities exist whether you want to acknowledge them or not. Uh, racism is against minority groups. If you Google the definition of racism, it is, it is a view of certain minority groups, right? So that's why some people say, well, you can't, you know, black people can't be racist against white people. I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I would say the minority groups, just Google the definition of racism, you're going to see minority group, right? So system of racism, where it's in institutions and power and prejudice, that's, that's, I guess the more modern definition or the more classical definition, I don't have a dog in the fight. I, it doesn't really matter to me which working definition you want to go off of. What we can't do is ignore the disparities that are happening on society on a macro level with regards to the net worth of the average white family in comparison to the net worth of the average black family. It's 10 to 1, right? To the number of people who are incarcerated that are black, which that number is actually going down to the number of people that are incarcerated that is white, which that number is going up, right? But you can't ignore the disparities. So so when we're talking about the George Floyd situation, it's you, 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 you're looking at it as an isolated event, which even as an isolated event, it was still gross incompetence and completely dropping the ball. But you have to, people aren't looking at it as a case-by-case basis. We're looking at it in the context of, well, what about Breonna Taylor's killers? Why haven't they been brought to justice? Well, what about Ahmaud Aubrey, who those, those people weren't charged until 72 days after the fact, after the video went viral, after there was protest, right? 
Those are things, so, so, so people aren't looking at these as isolated incidents. George Floyd just became the figurehead. Like, he became, unfortunately, he became the mascot for this kind of stuff. And again, you want to, you, you want to, you know, dismiss it as something that's isolated. That's your prerogative. I don't think that's going to help you be more understanding and a, uh, empathetic human being to people who are different than you. I don't think that's going to help you love your neighbor better to dismiss that race played no factor in it, which, I mean, come on, like the assessment of wealth, the assessment of, right, of, of, of certain advantages in our society, it is what it is. And I'm a free market capitalist entrepreneur. It's not about dismantling capitalism. It is about acknowledging that there are disparities and saying, hey, how can we create equal opportunity, not equal outcome, right? Not equal outcome. I love basketball. Doesn't mean I'm supposed to get paid the same amount as LeBron James to play basketball, right? I'm I'm not going to the NBA, but an equal opportunity. I had the same opportunity as LeBron James to go to the NBA. We can't say that for everybody from every part of the country. There are huge disparities with access to opportunity, right? And I think that is what we have to look on and say, listen, the George Floyd thing and, and, and what's happening in the middle of COVID is just making us pay attention. And that is just such a blatant uh, imagery of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think the race card has lost its power once we call everything racism. I don't call everything racism uh, everyday gains. You may be assuming that's the case, but I'm not saying that everything is racism. I'm saying it's a luxury to not ever view race as a uh, as a factor in these things, right? It's a luxury. And by race, I'm specifically speaking to the social constructs that we've created in America. Because remember, like, race isn't, there's ethnicity and there's culture and there's the sin of partiality. That's always been a thing, right? Classism has always been a thing. But specifically, the idea of race as a social construct is a modern thing. That, that, that's fairly modern. White is brought up and is viewed as superior. Black is viewed as inferior. That is a modern construct rooted in slavery. That is not something that's been around for a long time. That, 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 that is something that is modern. So our degree of classism, our degree of the sin of impartiality are all modern concepts. They're not, they're not you didn't have black versus white 2000 years ago, right? You had Jewish versus Samaritan, right? You had different disparities. You had different cultural issues. Here, specifically in America, these are the ways we have categorized people and separated them by classes. If you don't think that doesn't impact us today, if you don't think slavery, which happened 150 years ago, Okay, not that long ago, doesn't impact us today. People are like, people have been free for 400 years. No, no, it was 150 years ago. Emancipation Proclamation, 150 years ago. That's not that long ago, right? If you're talking about black people living under apartheid, about not getting their civil rights until the late 60s, that's not that long ago, right? That's not, this isn't that long ago. And then you're talking about the disparities on how black versus white people were sentenced for committing the same crimes, which many people would argue still happens to this day. But that's not just about race anymore. That Now we're coming back to classism. Now we're coming back to classism, meaning that white kid, black kid do the same crime. White kid is more likely to have wealth and pay for a better attorney. Black kid doesn't. White kid is going to get less of a, a harsh sentence than the black kid. This, this stuff still happens today, right? Now you, you, well, you can't be like, oh, that's because he's black and this kid's white. No, it's because this kid had money to get a lawyer. How did he have money to get a lawyer? Well, 
if we're looking at the macro statistics, white families tend to have 10 times the net worth of a black family. They're more likely to be able to afford a good lawyer so that kid can get off with probation while this kid could do the same crime and get a way harsher sentence. This is, this is, this is today. This is today. You know what I'm saying? Um, 50 years, less than one generation. Yeah, like there are people that grew up without their civil rights. That's crazy. Think about that. There are people that grew up without their civil rights, right? They're people alive today, right? They grew up under Jim Crow. So I think you gotta, I think, I think we gotta tread very lightly to assume that the sins of yesterday don't impact our todays and tomorrows. And in that, how do we create better things? And so if you're, if you're frustrated by the protest and the rioting and you're like, well, what is this accomplishing? Look at eight can't wait. Look at the eight can't wait campaign. Very reasonable, uh, very reasonable request. It's not about defunding the police and abolishing the police. Very reasonable request. And a lot of this stuff is being adopted willfully. Like like police departments are saying, yeah, we're going to adopt a can't wait. We don't want the liabilities. We want our officers to be better at de-escalation. These are great things that are happening right now because of the George Floyd protests. And they will help protect your uncle who has bipolar and had that psychotic break. And whether he's white or black, he'll be less likely to have force used against him by a police officer that's maybe not trained well enough in de-escalation, right? That, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We should be happy that these things are changing. We should be happy. Agreed. Um, classism plays a role. Racism has made the difficult for blacks to build wealth, even now things like getting loans are more difficult for black families. I, I think you're right on a, on a, in, in the general level. I don't know specifically about like getting loans or whatever. I don't believe in debt. I don't know if you need debt to build wealth. Um, I, I know you can't. Maybe a lot of people do use debt. I don't have any debt and I'm still able to build debt, but maybe, um, excuse me, debt, maybe, maybe I'm an a, a exception to the rule. So but I think historically, you're totally right. Historically, it has been harder for black families to acquire real estate, to acquire business loans, so on and so forth. Um, and I think I think we have to we we have to acknowledge that. Like, why I don't you know some of you guys are so um, some of you guys are, are are so detached from anybody's struggle but your own that you can't in- extend an inkling of compassion. Um, an iota of empathy. And that's unfortunate. And so it's not about me. Listen, I talk to people I disagree with on the regular. I probably speak to more people I disagree with than I agree with. It's about you becoming the type of human being that you want to be, which is hopefully a more loving, kind, patient, gentle person that could understand people um, they could understand people better. I'm happy for you. Uh, pretty sure most of us need loans to buy. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't talking about homes. Thank you for for clarifying that amount. I was not talking about homes. You, you made it sound like uh, getting loans or more. Okay, so you were talking about. I was. I thought you meant loans for businesses. I think you could build a business without a loan, especially in 2020. Yes, I got to get a loan to buy a home. You're right, and that is one of the debts I will take out is to get a home loan, preferably on a 15 year fixed what I'm hoping for. Would you consider talking about end times and how that correlates to what is going on? Uh, Rachel, I don't spend a ton of time talking about end times because um, one, I I don't know, right? Uh, There's so many different interpretations of the end times. I do think every time something happens, people think it's the end times. The people, you know, the guys who wrote the Bible thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. So there's been, 
generations and generations and generations that have really emphasized the last days. And I remember when I was growing up and I had just gotten saved, it was the Left Behind series. And then like in hindsight, we figured out that a lot of that doctrine about the rapture and all that stuff was kind of nonsense, right? So I think an overemphasis on the on the end times will create unnecessary anxiety in the life of a believer, uh, in the life of most believers, in my opinion. So whether that's um, whether that's looking too far ahead for the future and not creating anxiety, or whether that's looking too far back on our own past and our own sins and our own issues, will create despair. Right, I think both are unhelpful. So every time somebody's trying to predict, oh, this is this and this is this, and I just watched a wonky video about like President Trump being a part of the prophecy because a verse in Revelation says they played the trumpet in Trump's name means like goofy wild stuff. So I just tend to stay away from it because I think there's so many different views of it, um, and and it's just diversity, and and a lot of people right now are, are adhering to the view that everything has to get really, 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 really bad and tribulation has to come. There's also a different view uh, called post-millennialism where there's going to be great revival and things are going to get better and the world's going to get, you know, come to Jesus. There's so many different views of this stuff. So I think Jesus said, listen, no man knows the hour. And I'm just going to rely on that. I'm going to rely and lean on the words. Jesus, look, no man knows the hour. I definitely, by the way, again, guys, I'm a rapper, right? <laughs> I make music. I'm just sharing my perspective on these things. And I'm looking to have dialogue and understand different perspectives. Most of us don't know what we're talking about. Most scholars don't know, right, when it comes to the end days and this and this and that. So, like, it is very likely that Jesus won't come back in our lifetime. It is very likely that Jesus may come back in a thousand years from now. That's possible. It's possible that he could come back today, this moment, right? We don't know. We don't know. And what we do know is he said the gospel should be preached to every nation and every tongue. We're still a ways from that, right? Every nation, every tongue has not received the gospel. So that is something to consider, right? Is that has the gospel went out to every nation and every tongue? That hasn't happened. So I guess what I'm looking, what I'm, my hope is that there would be more revival, more reconciliation uh, before Jesus comes back, according to that verse where Jesus said in the Bible uh, and, and the gospel will be preached, right? And the gospel will be preached. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, we need to wait until all the facts come out before we make a judgment. That, to me, is righteous judgment. Listen, waiting until all the facts come out ignores the facts that people have experienced this historically, multi-generationally. So for you to say, wait until all the facts come out, sure, you can, you can say that. But uh, there's people who have been experiencing police brutality in the hood. There's people who've been seeing people get killed. I got, I've had two black friends killed by police, unarmed, both of them unarmed, right? So uh, let the facts come out. My man, the facts have been out. This has been happening, right? Escalation of force, way more likely against black people. This has been happening. So you want to let the facts come out on every single individual issue instead of saying, hey, what is this thing? There's a disparity here. How can we fix the disparity? Oh, eight can't wait. That's a reasonable campaign. Police officers like that. Let me stand with black people and say, hey, yeah, we need to pass better laws so that these things don't keep happening. I think I think the facts have came out on a macro level and you want to isolate it from the macro level and say, well, what is the individual case for every single police related shooting? 
what was what was in the cop's heart? What was in his what was his intent? How do we right? It's like how do we know it was racism? What was in his intent? We we don't know what the heart was. We're looking at the macro projections of what's been happening in black and brown neighborhoods for decades, right? For decades, for decades. Okay, um, wait till the facts come out for what so they can be downplayed and excused time and time again, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like wait until the facts come out. Like, the facts have been out, right? Like, do you have black friends in your life that you've talked to about them being beat up by police? Because I do. I got quite a few. Do you know any black people that have been killed unarmed by police? Because I do. I know two. Two people, personally. Know two people, personally. Been Been to their funerals, right? Neither one of them deserved to die. Was it a clean, justified kill? I don't know. I wasn't there. You know what I mean? So... I think I think I think saying all these things and uh, like let the let the facts come out. Like, yeah, I mean, okay, if that if that makes you feel like we live in a utopia where race isn't a factor for anybody, and that makes you feel better about yourself, I could understand that point of view. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. Sometimes the facts and justice never come out unless people fight, speak out for them. There you go. I don't want to wait for the facts with the cases and deaths to come out in the media mo- months from now and the economy is ruined. Yeah, I agree with you, Ethan. That's, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a great point, right? Like, what was the point of me beginning the stream? Let's look at some current numbers that the media is not putting out there with regards to this thing. And let's say, huh, is the requirement for a national lockdown needed on a national level based on based on what we're seeing on these numbers cases way up deaths lower than they were at the peak back in may like like way up like 100x up right that again go watch this go look at Mowgli's tweets you you know to his point like you want the facts to come out after we crash our economy or do you want to be a bit preemptive and say, hey, let's critically think through some of these things that we're doing and maybe we need to make some adjustments before it all goes to hell? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. These things are only going to get worse, right? If you keep saying let the facts come out. Um, yeah, my bad. Yeah, that was my phone. If you keep saying letting the facts come out, eventually you're going to get 10 more George Floyds. White people are still going to be apathetic. When I say white, I'm using broad strokes. Not all white people are apathetic towards social justice. But by and large, the conservative Republican white people will still be apathetic. And then you think it's bad now. You think it's bad now. Wait until they really churn up, right? Like, wait, like, wait until it really gets bad. You won't want the facts to come out then. You'd want to be like, ah, man, I wish we could have prevented this. I wish we could have prevented this, right? So, no, that's... You, you preemptively address issues in society. The facts, the, that, that will be played out in the court of law. That will be played out in the court of law for that specific case, just like the Ahmaud Aubrey case. But if, if next summer we're sitting here and both of those people, uh, both of those cases are vindicated, Breonna Taylor's shooters still haven't been caught or arrested, her murderers, still, still no, nobody held accountable for that. And then we have five more videos like this because conservatives were apathetic and nobody wanted to imply like apply the eight can't wait campaign you know how much worse it'll be 
We could we could have applied a can't wait four years ago when Colin Kaepernick started speaking up. We could have really implemented a, a can't wait back then. And if and if you don't know what a can't wait is, you might be a part of the issue. Like you really might be a part of the problem if you haven't even looked at the reasonable solutions to these issues, right? So we could have fixed this stuff four years ago or at least made an attempt to and maybe prevented some of these current uprisings, but we were apathetic. We didn't care. We wanted to let the facts come out, right? And now, the now it, so trust me, you want these things changed. You want these things fixed. You know what I'm saying? Um, you want these things, you know, you want these things fixed. You want you want eight can't wait. Trust me, you want eight can't wait. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to my man Jared Sanders in the in the Periscope. Wait until facts come out is valid, but I don't think it needs to be said. Just wait. There you go. Right, the facts will be played out regardless. Hence, why it feels like all lives matter. Uh, hashtag all lives matter at times. Yes, kind of like Revelations. Two, Revelation was written for us to read for a reason. Always get to be prepared for what it says instead of always saying, ah, okay, I don't know, I always forgot. So the adulterous woman should have been stoned? Nobody's being stoned. Did, did Derek did Derek Chauvin get the death penalty? Who's getting stoned? What, like what? And anybody who kills a police officer would be like, hey, anybody on, on, on the Black Lives Matter side would be like, no, don't kill police officers. That's stupid. Don't do that. Don't shoot people who had nothing to do with any of these things just because they're police officers. That's just as dumb as, you know, the KKK killing people, killing people because they're black. It's, it's the same thing. So, no, I don't I don't I don't think I don't think. Uh, what? That's just such a wild false equivalency, bro. Like, <laughs> let the facts come out. So the so the so the woman should have been stoned. Uh, well, according to their laws. According to their laws, I guess she could have been stoned, but they extended grace and mercy to her. Jesus extended grace and mercy to her. He covered her, right? Um, and so I think I think it's a, it's it's important to note that these things keep happening, and we got we got to do something about them. So again, for all you guys who who are so stuck in your echo chamber and you don't want to look up what a can't wait is, I'll show it to you. A can't wait.org. This is what people are asking for. This is what people are asking for, right? These eight things, which we're working on locally to, to get implemented. Um, ban chokeholds and, and, and strangleholds, right? Ban chokeholds. Most police officers are cool with this. Require de-escalations. Most, most officers would love more training on de-escalation. Require uh, warning before shooting. Reasonable, right? Uh, requi uh, requires exhaust all alternatives before shooting. Reasonable. Duty to intervene. This is huge. This could have prevented it. If you watch the Derek, uh, the the George Floyd Derek video, there was a cop. There was a cop who was there who said maybe we should roll him over. Maybe we should roll him over. And Derek Chauvin said no. Right. Go go watch that video. Right. And that cop should have legally had had the mandate to intervene, or he would have been held accountable. And he was. And you know that that was. I think it was his first day on the job. Right. Ban shooting and moving vehicles require use of force continuum, require comprehensive reporting. Um, all all reasonable, all reasonable requests. Why is why? Why is a can't wait bad? What do you have a problem with that? You know, I don't I don't, I don't understand. You know, what I'm saying I don't understand. Um, and so uh, I just think it's ironic. You know what I'm saying? I just think it's very ironic. Shout out to uh, uh, Just Me. He said, Conser uh, uh, conservatives want less government. Also, conservatives want more police. That's a great point. Conservatives want less government, but they also want more police. Uh, that, that's a very interesting observation. Is it true that there are over 
300 million police interactions every day and 99% end with no altercations. Um, well, first of all, how do you, are you sure of those numbers? I heard that there's 300 million um, police interactions. Are you sure that 99.9999999, you're being hyperbolic at this point, right? How do you know? Like, did you do the math and factor in how many police officers use force? How many police officers pull people out of their... Um, out of their out of their cars, how many police officers violate people's constitutional rights? How many police officers abuse their power? How many right? So, just because there's whatever a couple hundred deaths a year, right? Or or in 2019, there's there's uh, I think there was 30 or 40 deaths by police officers. It doesn't mean there's not other abuses of power happening, whether it's you know. A thousand, ten thousand. I don't know what the number is, but there's definitely abuses happening all the time. Should we not want these cops to have more training, more de-escalation training, more uh, duty to intervene mandates? Why would we not want these things? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's where conservatives totally lose me. Why would you not want that? Um, so yeah, Daniel, I don't know. I don't know. I think that number is very exaggerated. Uh, 99.9999999 with no altercations. I don't know. I don't think that's accurate. So to answer your, your question plainly, no. I think there's more situations where police do use force. They do rough up people. They do pull people out of cars. They do violate constitutions rights. They do lie to people, right? Demand stuff that they have no business doing. I think that happens more uh, than 0.000000000001% of the time. Um and, and, and yeah, and shout out to C77, uh, seven, seven. how many abuses is acceptable? These are people who took an oath to serve and protect. At what degree are these things acceptable? At what degree are these things, you know, this should, none of it should be acceptable, right? We need reform. How come Obama did no reforming? He did. Uh, look up the um, Fair Sentencing Act of 2010. He did do some reforming. You also got to remember that Obama had a Republican uh, Senate and House at the time, so he couldn't just pass anything he wanted to. I mean, the, fa- the fact that they were able to pass Obamacare, which is like his key thing he actually got accomplished, uh, was a miracle. You know what I'm saying? So you got to also understand how the how our government works, right? The legislative branch, the judicial branch, right? <laughs> so there's, the, the government just works different than just like one person can't just, yeah, that's it. We're just going to fix everything overnight. I mean, I think a lot of people expected him of that, and I think I would argue uh, that that's a reasonable expectation. I think I would have liked to see him do more. Uh, and I think he did as much as he could, honestly. So anyway, uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you guys for hanging out. Appreciate you guys hanging with me. Uh, give this video a quick thumbs up if you can. Turn notifications on. And I'll be back, man. Maybe we'll go back live later today. I don't know. We'll see. But I appreciate all you guys, man. Um, shout out to the King's Dream Patreon community. For rocking with us and um i've made videos i've had black conservatives on my channel dion you gotta you got you got you can't show up last second to the live stream as i'm literally on the intro and ask me my views on things i've i've had my man zuby on i've had conservatives on regularly so i think you gotta you gotta kind of poke around my channel a bit more champ before you uh, pop in 10 seconds as i'm finishing a video and ask me a, a loaded question like that but that's neither here nor there appreciate